You're listening to The Lightwalker's Path with Serena Myers, the podcast that sparks real, raw, honest conversations about what it actually means to live a spiritual life. Serena is a sacred soul mentor who guides people to tap into their heart's truth so they can live their lives with purpose on purpose. Welcome to episode 41 of The Lightwalker's Path. I'm your host, Serena Myers, and we have just come off of International Women's Day, and it's had me thinking a lot about what it's like to be a woman, what it's like to be a woman in the online space, particularly as an entrepreneur, uh, which requires me to be quite visible uh, and requires us to be quite visible. And um, I kind of went down a bit of a rabbit hole. Some of it was a bit ragey, I'm not going to lie, but at the uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, what I want to talk about today is how we defer our power. So how does that come from this space of rage and what does this have to do with being in the online space? <sighs> Every time that I run an ad, whether it's a Facebook ad or an Instagram ad, uh, my face is attached to it because it's on my profile. It's on um, often in the imagery that I use because I'm building a connection with people who don't know me yet. Um, and I get the creeps of the internet who just come out crawling. And the best part is that I am paying for these creeps to comment and engage on my stuff. I get marriage proposals. I get hit on. I Sometimes it's in the comments. Sometimes it's in my DMs. I had one fellow let me know that he was touched by the angels uh, by posting a photo of him with angel wings grabbing his dick. And... It makes me so mad because for me, I one, I'm paying for these things. So that kind of pisses me off on its own. But two, there are a lot of women who don't have my, um, <laughs> I'm trying to find a nice way to say it. I don't take a lot of shit, right? So I will actually comment on these people. I will block them. I will shame them. Like I have no problems with telling these people to fuck off. I do it publicly in the comments. And there are women who just don't have that because they have been conditioned to be nice or they just actually are nice. Like they would rather delete or block or not make a fuss. Um, and some of these people actually go so far as to be silenced by these things. And so deferring our power is definitely not just a woman thing. But if I'm totally honest, it does happen more to women than it does happen to men. And so this kind of fiery like frustration that I have with being visible and the price that we pay for that because people will do things and use, you know, um, ways of diminishing us to just what we look like or trying to devalue what we have to say because it comes in a pretty package uh, or where they are sexualizing themselves or us and whatever. And oftentimes that causes us to retreat or to be silenced. And these are definitely the more obvious places where our power is being stripped from us. But really what I want to talk about is the places where we're basically handing it over. This happens in much subtler ways. And in fact, the things that lead up to us making those choices in the first place are also actually quite subtle. It shows up for us in forms of like people pleasing, um, where we don't have uh, really strong boundaries where we are constantly needing and seeking outside validation or on, in the extreme circumstances where we won't actually move forward until we have it, um, where we struggle with our ability to make decisions. For people who, for women who are working for themselves, who have businesses, 
you'll actually catch them particularly in the early times or before the finances are really consistently flowing where they're searching out the freebies or they're taking yet another certification, yet another course, because at the end of the day, there is this inherent belief that they are not worthy of charging for their work right now and that they, if they just had that one more thing, that they would be then ready to do this work in the world. This is the biggest illusion that we have collectively as a gender bought into. This is a story that is holding us back and has held us back for generations because we somehow start to buy into the idea that we're not qualified or that what we have isn't of value right now or specifically what we have is of, isn't of as good a value as somebody else and in a lot of corporate environments, that's often our male counterparts. How often have you sat in boardroom meetings and looked around the table and the most active speakers are the men? It's not that they have the best ideas. They're just the most vocal about them. And we do this in our relationships where when someone's our partner says, hey, what do you want to have for dinner tonight? And we say, oh, I don't know. What do you want to have? Or with our children where we give in because it's easier than having to deal with the drama or the fight that might erupt if we stick our heels in and say no. There's all these different ways and it's going to feel a little bit different for everybody. Now, if you're someone who came from a family where you were discouraged to be an individual and where you were encouraged to be silenced and, and subservient and to put your own needs on the back burner, it actually probably feels quite normal for you. And for as chaotic as my childhood was, and as much as, you know, they really want, my parents both really wanted us to do as we were told, there was also an encouragement of our individuality. So the fact that I was a bit of a shit disturber every so often and rebellious and did what I wanted to do was probably not super surprising to them. But what I notice is that when I do it now, even in really subtle ways, there is a little part of me that dims. And it can be something as simple as if my husband says, hey, would you be up for pizza tonight? And I'm really not in the mood for pizza, but I also really don't know what I am in the mood for and I just can't be bothered. And I say yes, there's a little part of me that dims. In more extreme circumstances where uh, I compromise myself, uh, I can give you an example, actually. Uh, a couple of months ago, I was chatting with my book mentor about the timeline for my next book. And he really felt I should be pushing it into early 2021. And I was going through my notes and I was going through my timeline and what my plan was, because my plan was to have it in the fall. That was like, I worked the rest of my business around this launch. And for him to be making this recommendation, it was just bringing something up with me. And I, every time I went back into my notes and I kept trying to almost justify to myself that I could have it done in the fall, I was resentful of him. He was just giving me advice based on best practices, based on his experience, based on, you know, like what he knows to be true. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with me, right? So here I was getting frustrated by him giving me advice, not even telling me this is what I had to do, just giving me advice that went against what I wanted to do for myself. And I felt this fiery rage within me because I was betraying my own knowing that I was capable of doing it for the fall. 
But we often don't recognize that, that we have given these things over and that we have deferred our power in all these different ways, consciously and unconsciously. We don't even recognize that we're doing it. We do it every single time we spend two hours scrolling on Instagram and suffering from comparisonitis, where we are looking at other posts longingly and wishing that we were living these glamorous lives, which, let's be honest, are bullshit anyway. We do it every time that we neglect our own needs and we say that we don't have the time or the energy to do them, but we have time to sit down and binge the latest Netflix series. So this idea of deferring of our power is not always because we're handing it over to another person. It's not always because someone has taken it from us. Oftentimes we've handed it basically with our time or our energy and our attention. And when we're doing things really mindlessly and we're not engaged and we're just sort of coasting through life. When we are active creators of our reality, when we are choosing consciously how we want to show up in the world, who we want to engage with, how we want to spend our time, our energy, our money, all of these different things, these are these little micro reclamations of power. Deferring our power is essentially a self-betrayal that happens, even when it is someone else giving us the opportunity to hand that over. So long as we are passing things off, so long as we are handing the keys of our lives to somebody else while they joyride around with it and we hang out in the back seat holding on for dear life, we are betraying ourselves, our energy, our heart's truth, and our mission. Because we came into this life to do something. Now, a lot of people get this idea that like your purpose has to be your career. I'm not talking about that. Some people are here to be artists. Some people are here to be mothers. Some people are here to be connectors. Like that is really what they're here to do. It's not about what they're paid for. It's about how they show up in the world, how they connect with themselves, how they conduct themselves in the world in a way that lights them up the most, right? So we have come into this life with this purpose. And when we just kind of like sit on autopilot and like coast, then we are not honoring that. So we need to be in charge of our lives. We need to actively create our existence. And so much of that just starts with being mindful. When we are mindful of how we're using our time and energy and mindful of how our personal energy and our energetic field feels, it is very easy to know when things go awry. So with the example of my book mentor, for instance, I know that I'm not somebody who is naturally frustrated and pissed off. And when I go to that state, particularly when it's directed towards someone I really like and admire and trust, I know that there has been a disconnect there. And that's when I was able to sit down with my journal and sketch it all out and recognize, oh shit, I totally was deferring my own inner knowing to his expertise and had you know, decided for myself that this thing wasn't possible. And that was really frustrating to me because inherently, I know what I'm capable of. And I knew that it was possible if I chose it to be. And for you, it might be a little bit different because depending on how assertive you are in your life, depending on how much you are actively creating as opposed to, you know, riding sidecar in someone else's kind of journey, you're going to recognize that dissonance differently. For the people who are a little bit more passive and who do kind of just go with the flow with the people around them, 
I would say it would almost be more disruptive once you start to reclaim your power. That's going to be the part that feels a bit more foreign and a bit more challenging. I do still think that it's worth being with. You know, I've talked about boundary work and it's still something that's really uncomfortable for me because at the heart of everything, there is a little tiny part of me that believes that I'm not worthy of upholding those boundaries. There's a little tiny part of me that will over-deliver and people please as a way of being loved and accepted on some level. And that's not easy to admit to you, but it's the truth. And so when we start to get in that place of mindful creation, when we start to engage with our life with more presence and a little bit of curiosity, we can start to actually dig into these areas and look at that. And when we know what is normal for us in terms of how things feel and in what our emotional and energetic states are, when those little imbalances happen, we can then start to get curious and explore that and say, okay, cool, where did it go awry? Where did things come off the rails? And that's when you can start to course correct so you can make those shifts to get things a little bit better. If you go into my Podia shop, you're able to find, I've got two different, I've got an energy guide and an aromatherapy for energy management guide that are really wonderful resources for being able to recognize what's going on in your own energetic body. And that is such a huge part of it because when you feel that imbalance, that's when you're able to go, okay, shit, some changes have to happen. We need to make some little pivots here. God, I can't even say the word pivot without thinking about Ross from Friends now. He's completely ruined that word for me. So whenever you do have that recognition where you're like, okay, cool, I have given my power away, either consciously or unconsciously, and maybe you know where it's gone, and maybe you don't, but you know that something isn't right. So what can you do? The first part I always like to recommend is to come back to a place of cord cutting. And I know some people have a lot of resistance to this because they think that they're cutting themselves off from um, the people that they love and the people they're connected with. But really what we're talking about is energetic sovereignty. So when you're cutting that cord, what you're saying is I am no longer energetically attached and bound and therefore my energy isn't leaking and I'm not taking on other people's stuff. It's just being able to love somebody with a healthy separation between your energetic fields, which actually allows you to show up for them in much better ways. There are loads of ways for cord cutting. I'm just going to tell you the one that I use the most. I work with Archangel Michael. I invite him in. And I actually love Kyle Gray's prayer for this. So he um, talks about Archangel Michael always having his sword of light and it cuts the cords between us. And you say, thank you, Archangel Michael, for cutting the cords that bind me to people, places, situations, fear, and any other bullshit. Now, if you have something specific, if you know exactly what it is you want to cut yourself off from, you can totally throw that in there in lieu of that prayer. But I find that that is such a wonderful way of just kind of covering all the bases and making sure that that cord has been cut. And when I follow that up, I always like to do a power reclamation so that any of the power that I have given away or any of the parts of myself that have been lost through these transactions and through these engagements and through these states of stress and frustration, I like to call all of that back. So the first part is to sever the ties so that I feel really energetically sovereign. And then is to invite the parts of myself that have been left so I can feel whole, healed, and complete. I do that just through a straight up declaration. There's um, the wording sometimes differs. I really love Danielle Laporte's as well. And she, hers is really quick and simple. And she just says, I call all my power back to me now. I am whole and complete. Easy peasy. 
Now, if the place that you've been deferring your power is around your boundaries and your people pleasing, then prioritizing yourself and your needs and your pleasure is going to be wonderful homework for you. It's going to feel weird. Uh, It's going to feel selfish. But every time that you say yes, you are opening up a door. And it helps people to understand how to engage with you. It helps you to um, reinforce your own worthiness stories. And every time that you're saying yes to everybody else and you're saying no and denying yourself because there's nothing left, you are basically setting a precedent that you are not worth as much as the people in your life. So it's time to take that beautiful power of yes and direct it to yourself. Now, This is going to be the trickiest part. You need to also get very comfortable with people not liking you or people not thinking you're nice. When I tell people to fuck off on Facebook or Instagram because they're trolls or they're bots, yeah, sometimes people call me a bitch and I'm really okay with that. I feel like it's it's not really my job to be nice or to be polite to people who are not treating me with respect. So... If you can get to a place where you start to get a little bit comfortable or at least a little bit less uncomfortable with um, people not liking you or with people being like, oh my God, you've changed all of those types of projections that will come because you are shifting the status quo. You are disrupting the same old, same old. And that does tend to come with some pushback. So if you can get comfortable with that, it will definitely help you to stay in a state of sovereign power instead of always handing it over. And that energetic component is so important. So when I said you need to kind of get to know what your what your normal is in terms of how things feel within yourself, your physical body, your energetic body, your emotions, you need to also be doing regular check-ins so that when things go awry, you're like, okay, cool, it's time to course correct. Rather than waiting for burnout or waiting for blow-ups or waiting for relationships to end before you go, oh, right, I was deferring my power and I probably should have stood up and made some changes. So by having this ongoing relationship with yourself, with your body, with your energy, you're able to get ahead of the curve. You're able to see it before it happens. And you're able to make changes before, you know, we're talking about some kind of big dramatic whatever when it doesn't have to be that way. I really do encourage you to practice assertiveness, to start working with using your voice, particularly if you're finding yourself quite timid or quite quiet in professional settings. And to really start to develop a relationship with your inner compass, with your intuition, with your relationship with your guides, whichever of those most resonates for you. And this is why I put together a program like Do North, because I can see the correlation between someone who has a healthy relationship with their intuition and a healthy relationship with their personal power. When we don't have that, when we don't trust our intuition to guide the way, we are always looking for things that are outside of ourselves for what our next step is, or what we should do, or what decisions we should make. And here is the thing, that leaves us so vulnerable to predatory tactics, to online advertising, to influencer marketing. Basically, what we're saying is all those people know better than we do what we need, when in reality, we have that truth within ourselves already. We just need to open up to it. And if you don't know how to do that yet, that is what Due North is for. Registration is closing on Friday, the 13th of March. So you've got two more days from the time of this broadcast 
to be able to send your messages to me, to ask any questions that you need, to read the sales page and see what you get and say, is this the right decision for me? Now, I've talked to people recently about resistance and how do you know what is behind the resistance? And I can tell you resistance shows up as two things. It's either the ego saying, uh-oh, this is actually the next step that this person needs. And if they go this way, that results in me having a whole lot less power. So I'm going to just make her feel confused or distracted or fearful or unsure or whatever the tactic is that the ego is using on you so that she doesn't make a decision to choose this, which is ultimately the beginning of my demise. But the second part is when it's our intuition saying, this isn't the right place. This isn't the right time. This isn't the right teacher. This isn't the right lesson. And until you have a really great relationship with your intuition, it can sometimes be hard to distinguish the voice, which is why I've opened myself up to having conversations with people who just need to get a little bit of clarity. But ultimately, I will never, ever, ever take an approach where I'm trying to convince you that this is the right next step for you because it's not the right next step for everybody. And the only person who is going to know for sure is you. So if you're interested in Due North, I've made sure to include the link in the show notes and I would be absolutely thrilled to answer any questions that you have. Okay, this episode was a little bit longer than usual. Like I said, I get a bit fired up on the idea of us handing over our power. So let me know how uh, this lands for you, what it brings up for you, ways that you recognize within yourself that you've handed over your power. And um, if you're ready to explore that trust in yourself, to uh, know that your inner compass is going to show you the right way, then let's talk about Due North and see if we can make that work for you. Wonderful. I will see you next week with a brilliant interview with Callista, and I can't wait to see you then. Take care.